Welcome back to the RC Podcast from the U of M Residential College. This is your host, Robbie Griswold. As I'm crafting this episode, most of our students are staying at home due to an order issued by the county and the university. Meanwhile, U of M football has resumed. It's all a bit topsy-turvy around here, as it must be for all of you out there, continuing to try to keep things going from home during a global pandemic. We hope you and your loved ones are staying connected and are healthy, and we send our condolences to any of you who have lost someone. This is an important year for the RC because it marks the 50th anniversary of our creative writing and literature program. More than 650 students have graduated with this major since its inception. To celebrate this milestone, I brought in the expert on the matter, the program founder and retired RC faculty member in fiction writing, Warren Hecht. The man, the myth, the legend. You'll hear also from poet and now retired longtime faculty member Ken Michalowski and the current head and alum of the program, fiction writer Laura Thomas. Warren relocated to Ann Arbor in 1969 from New York City after graduating from City College of New York on the recommendation of another writer, Ken Pfeiffer. A new writer friend, John Conran, recommended Warren to the dean of the brand new U of M Residential College. And one day um, I got this call and it was this woman said, my name is Roselle Brooks and I'm calling to set up your appointment with Dean Robertson. I went out and bought a sport jacket. I didn't even have a sport jacket, right? And I went and had my appointment with Dean Robertson and he hired me for $300 to be writer in residence at the residential college for the uh, winter term of 1970. He hired me over two PhD candidates who were gonna leave at the end of the year. Well, that term, you know, I, I started the program and that term, the residential college won a whole bunch of Hopwood awards. And, and at that time, the college was trying to prove it was legitimate. And so anything positive that happened, they seized upon, right? And so Dean Robertson called me in and said, you know, really like it that you, um, the students, you won all these awards. I said, I didn't win them, the students won them. She said, now don't be modest. I'm gonna give you a $200 raise. And he gave me $200 in cash, which I years later figured out it just gave me out of his pocket, right? And he said, I'm, and we want to keep hiring you, but you have to become a teaching fellow. I said, I don't want to go to graduate school. He said, you only have to go for a year. He said, it's no big deal. And he picked up the phone and called up Rackham. He said, okay, you've been admitted to graduate school. Right? I never even filled out an application. Right? And, and so I went, I went for a year. I, I got 12 credits. Right. And uh, then they promoted me to be a lecturer. Right. And that was it. And I, I stayed a lecturer the rest of my 47 years teaching there. You know, they would never let us hire, let him hire us like that today and, and me today. And they would never let us start a program. We got four credits for 20 minute tutorial meetings a week. But it proved to be very successful. I mean, that's the way I learned how to do it, you know, and so. It, it seemed to have worked very well for the RC. That was the best part of teaching at the RC. I think that my classes were okay. That was sort of introduction, you know, introduction to the method. But when you picked out a few serious students from that and then worked with them in a tutorial, one-on-one, -on -one, that's really where it happens. That's where, and that was, I didn't know that 
warned you guys with your own teacher, right? I didn't, I didn't know, I thought it was something you invented, but I... No, a man named Elkin Calhoun Wilson, who wasn't even a creative writing teacher. He taught graduate Shakespeare courses at NYU and did creative writing with undergraduates for his comic relief. Taught that way, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd never thought, thought about teaching. So when I had to start teaching, I said, well, that worked for me. So we did it that way. The thing I liked about tutorials was watching the students take my introductory class and then watching the growth that took place. I mean, that was the best part about teaching. I was just watching the students grow and they did grow. The voice you just heard there is Ken Michalowski, who taught poetry at the RC from 1977 to 2015. Ken co-founded the Alternative Press with his late wife in Detroit in the 1960s and was the press's editor for 30 years. In his role as head of the creative writing program, Warren hired Ken, and the two of them mentored dozens of students, invited several writers in residence, and built a recognized and prestigious program that we're all proud of. Next, you'll hear from Laura Thomas, the current head of the creative writing program. She remembered what it was like being one of Warren's RC fiction students in the late 80s, going to his office at the end of a long residential hallway, because back then, many faculty offices were located in what are now strictly student living spaces. This Anderson hallway was the single longest hallway I have ever seen in my life. And you could access Warren, and he was right at the end. And he always kept his office door open and he would be behind this massive desk. And of course, you know, and I, I wasn't the only one who had this experience. I had friends in tutorial and we would all talk about this. How are you going to like approach Warren's office this week? Could go past the cafeteria up the stairs, turn left and make that long walk down. And all the time there he is awaiting you. And what, so when do you say like, hi, like midway down the hallway? Wait till you're at the door when he first sees you. I mean, this was a big, big deal. And uh, you're nervous about the critique. You don't know what he thought of your story. He's not giving anything away because he's got that poker face, you know, with the glasses and the beard and the accent and everything. And, you know, the Midwestern kids are just blown away by this. I remember that we were given a scholarship by the Michigan something for the arts. I don't even know. I got a letter in the mail one day. Did you have $2,500 to give to a student of your choice. And at that time, Laura Thomas was a student and she was writing these wonderful stories. So I, I gave her the letter to me. I said, here, Laura, look at this. And she read it and I said, well, I'm gonna give it to you. And she was like dumbfounded. And what he didn't know, and the reason I was so dumbfounded <laughs> when Warren uh, offered me this award and this money, is because I could not afford college anymore. I was having to pay for school myself at that point. And I had just decided to not continue at the U of M um, my junior year. Uh, so I guess, Warren, it would have been the end of my sophomore year maybe that you um, you know, told me about this opportunity. And I had just told my parents you know, that I was gonna need to leave school and had been kind of telling my friends and was making plans for, you know, what I was going to do for a job and how I was going to make my way back to U of M. And Warren did not know any of this at all. And when he offered me that money, uh, I was able to finish my education. And I would, I would have had to delay or maybe never come back to U of M. So that changed my life. Wow, that's really Thank cool. Thank you, Warren. Yeah, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
I may have never told you that. I may have, um, you know, always kind of kept that a secret. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes things work out. As you heard, the program has always produced award-winning students, and one such prestigious award given by the English department in several categories and genres is the Hopwood. I won two Hopwoods as an undergrad, and I'm telling you that not to brag, but to tell you that when I went to collect my award at the cashier's office in LSNA, they gave me cash. Nowadays, they apply it to a student's account. And so, you know, that goes right into their student account. They just peeled off these bills and gave them to me. And I, I, so I had won, it was big money back in the day. I won $2,000. It was like some special prize or something. And I walked out with $2,000 in an envelope out of the LSNA building thinking, I hope this isn't the time that I'm mugged because I've never even held this much money in my hand. And so back in the day, it was cash, right? Yeah. Well, back in the day, you have people should realize that $2,000 back in the day was much more than $2,000. Yeah, yeah. It's just a picture of young, like young Laura's like jaw all over the ground with all these 50s and just like, what do I do? I went straight to the bank, Robbie. That's what I did. Well, yeah. well, that's, that's the shrewd thing to do. That's she was a sensible young woman, right? If they guess, would have I given the money could, to me, it wouldn't have gone to the bank. You, you could say, you could tell I was the good the good girl student because I didn't go right to the bar either. That's, I went that's to the what bank. The poets did. The poets were right to the bar. <laughs> I asked all three of them to think of proud moments during their teaching careers. Here are a few highlights. One of the best moments was when a student named Peter Anderson and a group of other creative writing students. Uh, began to produce their own plays over the summer in the RC Auditorium and charge admission to the general public. And, and Peter produced the play. I don't really remember what year it was. It must have been around 1972-73. He produced the first play was called The Banana from Outer Space. And I remember people lined up from the entrance of the theater all the way down East Street and down Hill Street and turning the corner onto Church Street. Right to get in and turning people away and we and doing four performances of that to a packed house, and that felt great. You know, there was no faculty involvement; they just did it themselves. You know, they did give me a cameo appearance in the play, right? But uh, I it was great. You know, they they organized the whole thing, the business end of it, the whole thing, and they kept you know they rented the auditorium I think for seven hundred dollars. So they actually did turn a profit and actually did pay people a little bit of money for doing it. I like the success of my students. Um, a couple of them, Matthew Rohrer and Kristen Hatch, went on to win the National Poetry Series Award, which is a, a one prize. And you, what you do is you get uh, your book published uh, at a thousand copies, you give a big reading and you get a, a couple thousand dollars and that's the National Poetry Series. And so Matt Rohrer, who now teaches at NYU, and uh, Tristan Hatch were both winners of that. So I like, I like a lot of that. And oh, by the way, another one of my students, Damian Rogers, Penguin just published her memoir and Margaret Atwood blurbed it. And Margaret Atwood talked about what a great book this is. And it's, uh, it's a memoir of, of her and her mother who's, and the mother's dementia. And it's called An Alphabet for Joanna. 
and uh, it's she's a really good writer, and she's also a poet. But she wrote this me this, this memoir, and you know, I'm very proud of my former students. Very proud. Um, and another alum I'll call out is Allison Epstein. She graduated, I don't know, four years ago or so. And she wrote an honors thesis for me her senior year. And I remember, well, actually, I don't think she would mind me sharing this. We had kind of an argument about her honors thesis because she wanted to start a novel uh, her senior year. And I don't work with students on novel projects for their theses unless they've been working on a novel before their senior year. So if they've started their junior year or something and I have a track record and I know that they can finish it and you know, and all this, then I, I will agree to it. And Allison wanted to start her senior year and her short stories were so beautiful. And I thought, you know, Allison, let's not do a novel. That's just, that's, that's just too much. We can't get into deeper vision. We can't do the work that really needs to be done. I really think you should do a short story collection. And she said, no, I wanna do a novel. I wanna do a novel about Christopher Marlowe in Elizabethan times. And it's going to be action adventure. It's gonna be a spy novel. So we you know, kind of had it out. I finally said, okay, Allison, let's do it. You know, And she, by God, she wrote a rough draft of this thing her senior year, she finished it. She got highest honors in our program. And now four or five years later, it is being um, released by Doubleday in the spring. It's called A Tip for the Hangman. And I'm super excited to see it come out. And I can't believe that I was the instructor who tried to talk her out of writing this novel that's now going to be released you know, by a major publisher and is getting all kinds of buzz and all kinds of great advanced reviews. And so I'm super proud of Allison and I'm glad that she told me what she was going to do, and then she proceeded to do it. So good going, Allison. With Warren's 46 years teaching in the program, several of which he also served as head of RC Academic Services, I was curious to know if anything changed about the creative writing major during that time. You know, when I first started teaching at the RC, students had the attitude that they could do anything. Right, and there was no pressure on them. You know, in those days, you felt really sorry for a student if he had to have a job while he was going to college, that kind of thing, you know? And so students would say, I'm gonna graduate and go to the Greek Isles and write poetry for the next two years and see how that works out for me. You know, they didn't have like thousands of dollars in student debt. You know, they didn't have any of that kind of thing. And uh, that's what changed. It was the attitude of the students you know, toward what they thought they could achieve, right? Not so much uh, the program itself. The students' attitudes and the situation of the world changed. That's what I noticed the most. Since Warren retired, the program has expanded its curriculum a bit, especially in the literature component of the major, as well as writing in contemporary circumstances. Some of the new things we've done, especially with the rise of social media, is to... Uh, design ways for students to take courses in the digital humanities that count towards that lit requirement. Also to take some creative writing classes that focus on digital storytelling, which is how your fiction or your poetry, or your creative nonfiction intersects in some way with the digital media environment. So uh, we have faculty like uh, Avi Steinberg and next year we'll have a uh, new faculty member, Isha Sloan teaching that digital storytelling class. And this 
track, this digital storytelling track that we created in the major is popular with students, especially who are looking to go into journalism. And a lot of our grads end up also going into entry-level work for either corporations, nonprofits, or the government in some aspect of you know, social media or web content. And so these uh, classes in digital storytelling end up really giving students some solid training and also glimpses into the theory and ethics and history of the digital media environment. I'd also like to mention a couple of faculty changes. So uh, obviously Warren and Ken, you've been retired for a while. Our own Lolita Hernandez retired a couple of years ago. And we've had some exciting new hires. I mentioned Isha Sloan and Avi Steinberg uh, before. Asia Sloan will be joining us next year. She's on leave this year, but she'll be anchoring our creative nonfiction course offerings. And she is a, an award-winning creative nonfiction writer. She's fantastic. Um, we're just super thrilled to have her. And we've also had uh, Van Jordan join our faculty to teach a class uh, once a year. And he is a poet who also has an appointment in the English department. Uh, close friend and contemporary of our own Laura Kosicki. So not only has the major grown steadily, but the, the faculty have grown steadily. Thanks to Laura, Ken, and Warren for taking a stroll down memory lane and to the hundreds of alums who are committed to the RC and this program year in and year out. Thanks especially to Dan Mayday, RC Creative Writing 1982, for maintaining the RC Writers website and for collecting, editing, and publishing the RC Alumni Journal every year. If you'd like to contribute to the journal, please contact Dan at dmadaj at umich.edu. Thanks to Undergraduate Research Opportunity Program Assistant, RC First Year student Relian DeGraff for help with interviews and editing. The music on today's episode is by Mark Kirschenman, Katri Ervema, and Mike Gould, all members of the RC Music Faculty. Subscribe to the RC Podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Residential College is a four-year interdisciplinary living learning program in East Quadrangle on the campus of U of M Ann Arbor in the College of Literature, Science, and the Arts. It was founded in 1967 and has nearly 7,000 alumni all over the world. This is your host, Robbie Griswold, signing off for now. Mm -hmm.